This is the Old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendorvis, the Old Trailblazer, riding out again on old Dan. <clears throat> Come on, Dan, let's go. Got to get up. Got to get a getting. And I'm happy to be back with you folks at this time. This is the Old Trailblazer, Pastor Albert Pendorvis, and we're we're um, here each day, Monday through Friday, at the same time. And we're on many, many stations, and if you would, you can look us up there on our website, radiomissions.org. <clears throat> or if you write me, email me, I'll send you a copy of all of our log of all of our broadcasts, including The Voice of Truth, where Pastor Shelton, we air his messages. He was a founder and pastor of this church for, uh, for many years and uh, going on to be with the Lord. And uh, we're happy to be able to air his broadcast on The Voice of Truth, and those messages are in print. I'll be glad to send you a title list. We have over 400 messages, 400 titles, and I tell young preachers, if you're just as good as having a seminary education, come in here and get a copy of all of Pastor Shelton's messages on every subject that you can imagine. But we're here bringing you these messages on the Trailblazers, and we're looking at a study now on blood redemption. And I know that we don't hear much on the radio, the television, and the pulpit about blood redemption now. We have a silk handkerchief ministry now that the pastors don't want to offend anybody. And uh, but the old trailblazer is uh, uh, just just determined to be truthful, be de- is determined to bring you God's message as it is to men as they are. And we're looking at a study now on blood redemption. So we're just beginning this series on blood redemption. And in the beginning, we've been two or three weeks now. But in the beginning, I always like to ask folks, uh, do you know anything about the blood? Has the blood ever been applied to your heart, my friend? And if so. Uh, write me and let me know. Let me hear from you. I love to hear from folks who tell me they know the Lord, tell me when the Lord saved them, how the Lord saved them. And I often ask you, uh, if you go to church on Sunday, ask your pastor one Sunday, say, Pastor, tell us how the Lord saved you. And uh, not to be critical, just be kind, gentle, and just say, Pastor, we'd love to hear how the Lord saved you. When did the Lord save you? The old trailblazer tells us that quite often, and uh, he says to ask you. And then another thing I need to ask you, get your in your prayer group when you have services, prayer service on Sunday afternoon. I ask the leader to pray for the old trailblazer. And I appreciate it if you wouldn't. And let me hear from you. We were looking there in our, uh, in our last subject about the blood redemption and what happens when the Lord saves a sinner and what happens before the Lord saves a Two things that takes place, at least two things in every the salvation of every sinner. One is that uh, the revelation of God, the revelation of God to that sinner in the, through his redeeming love. And the other is revelation of man of who he is to himself. First, there must come Holy Spirit conviction. And I know that's a foreign subject and that's a forgotten doctrine now. But the Holy Spirit reveals to man all of his vain, empty uh, wickedness, and man comes to see himself, know himself, only by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. While man was hidden behind the trees there in the garden, clothed in his apron of self-righteousness, the Lord unfolded to him his wondrous plan of redemption. We saw that in our last study, and we're going to take it up there now. Let me tell you something, friend. There's a place where God and man must meet. It's either in grace or in judgment. We just touched on that last week in our last study, and uh, that that's the place where both are revealed as they are. Man as he is, 
God as he is. You know, the greatest moment in a sinner's life is when that revelation of himself comes to him and he realizes who he is and what he is and the judgment that he's under. No man knows that apart from the Holy Spirit. No man knows. I tell you, we're living in a day when there's no Holy Spirit conviction uh, spoken of. And I believe that it's because the Lord is slowly withdrawing the Holy Spirit from this place, from this earth, in preparation for the end time. The end time will come when every one of God's elect is brought into the fold. And I don't believe that's going to be far off, and certainly we don't know when that is. But we look around, the Scripture says, when these things begin to take place, look up for our redemption draweth nigh. And he says, uh, as it was in the days of Noah, and the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, all of those things we see on the, on, the, on the field today, don't we? When a poor old sinner stands before God with his heart revealed, sees himself lost and ruined and wretched and naked with everything under the judgment of God, he finds himself hopeless and helpless. This is a place where grace steps in. That's a place where the Holy Spirit reveals to that poor sinner what God is, that he's a God of grace, a God of mercy, a God of love, a God of long-suffering. That's the place that Adam came to. But I want to tell you, my folks, it will be an awful day when you have to find out in judgment. When you have to find out in judgment what, a, what an awful uh, individual sinner you were. Just like I read oftentimes, and I tell you about the story there the rich man passed by his gate every day in his carriage there with his sumptuous clothes on and purple and gold purple and royal and the poor old beggar sitting by the gate and uh and and they never even throw the crumb to him even the dog licked his sores but the scripture says that the that the rich man died the rich man died and in hell lifted up his eye now won't that be an awful day my friend an awful day to find it. Don't kid yourself. You're going to meet God in grace or in judgment, and you're going to find out who you are either in grace or either in judgment. Let me tell you something else, friend. God deals with a sinner on the basis of what that sinner is and deals with us on the basis of what he is. The Lord God of heaven, as a, as a bruised seed of the woman, the sinner's substitute on the cross descends in grace to the lowest depths and finds a sinner as he is, meets the sinner's condition as a sheer object of mercy, and provides an all-sufficient remedy for the substitutionary death of Christ and saves that sinner eternally. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever seen yourself uh, in need of salvation? The Lord the Lord, uh, often in his... In the, in the, you know, his walk here on earth sought out those individuals who were uh, wrecked and ruined and sinful. And let me mention to you again, I, I often do this. We have that book here by Mr. Ainsworth, Strange Tale. It's a tale of uh, there in London, England. Mr. Ainsworth had a, was a preacher, a worker, a minister of the gospel. And he, he put up a, uh, a place called the House of the Destitute. And he went out in the highways, in the hedges, in the gutters, in the brothels, in the, in the bar rooms, in the, uh, those places of ill refute, and dragged out, drug out, called on men to come to church. 
and many, many were saved by hearing the gospel, hearing the gospel. And Mr. Ainsworth tells those stories in a, in a gracious little book called The Strange Tales. And it sells for about $15, and I'll offer it to you. And if you buy it and you, you, you're not satisfied with it, you write me or call me. I'll send you money back, and you can keep the book and give it to somebody else. Give it to some poor soul might uh, enjoy it. But listen, the Lord Jehovah uh, uh, goes into the depths uh, of, of, and finds that sinner where he is and meets him in the substitutionary death of Christ. The individual who does not by faith see God on the cross will have to meet him by and by in the judgment, and there God will deal with him, deal with you as you are without mercy. Now, my friend, there's going to be a day when there'll be no more mercy. The, the scepter now is being held out. And I beg you, I plead with you to think about where your soul is going to spend eternity. The very moment that man is brought to know his real uh, condition, he can find no rest until he finds it in Christ. As he sees uh, his condition, he, needs, he knows he needs a covering just as Adam did there when they ran into the bushes and began to make themselves uh, clothes or leaves, they knew they needed a covering. They saw themselves were naked, and man will not rest once he sees himself. And I tell you this uh, oftentimes, that no man will come to Christ until he sees himself in need. In need, as long as everything is a hunky-dory, as long as the bills are all paid, as long as there's no, no sickness in the family, as long as they got a good job and all those, no, man, and, and well, doing well, the family's well. But, my friend, you let, you let an individual take sick. He goes to the doctor, don't he? Well, that's just how it is right now. That's the reason, sinner, you can't rest, is that you're, if the Lord has touched your heart at all, stirred your heart at all, you won't be able to rest till you come to Christ. Let's look at Adam and Eve standing there before Jehovah God, looking at themselves as they were now in the, in that, in the bushes, lost and ruined by the fall, their wills broken. They fall at the feet of Jehovah God and listen and kiss the dust of repentance. They kiss the dust of repentance, taking all the blame. They see... Why do they do that? They see that Satan is the source of their ruin. Yet, on the other hand, they see that the seed of woman is to be the source of their redemption. Adam hears it and believes it. And, the, and, in, and in the power of that belief, he turns to his wife and calls her Eve, the mother of all the living, the mother of the Messiah. Wasn't it God's wondrous mercy to allow her to hear the first gospel message that fell from the lips of God. Oh, my friend, it is grace upon grace for any child of God's, of the fallen race of Adam, when his eyes has been opened to the reality of what he is and what he has done, to hear the story of redemption that Christ died for him. Does that, can you perk up your ears and listen, my friend? We see Adam and Eve beheld the day of Christ and were glad. Then what happened? Jehovah God went out to the flock of sheep, took one of the lambs, took the lambs and slew them and spilled the blood. He showed Adam and Eve that this was a type of the coming of the Messiah and revealed to them how the Son of God one day, yes, showed them 
how he himself would one day hang on the cross as their substitute and die in their place. They believed him, and God counted them righteous, which is revealed by the fact that he took the skins of those animals and made them clothes. He typified, this was typified of his righteousness. So they stood there in his presence, clothed with his righteousness, redeemed by grace, objects of mercy. What redemption? Whenever, wherever they went, they marveled at such grace because they never got away from two facts. First, what they were by nature and what they had become. And listen, and what God was in his redemptive grace and what they had become by his grace. Now, my friend, that's a brief little story of how God saves a sinner. He took the animals and slew them and took the blood and washed away their sin. That's what we're talking about, blood redemption, redemption in Christ. And uh, the old trailblazer loved to tell that, and I'll get back into it in our next study. We're going to be looking at blood on the altar at the east of the garden. That's going to be a gracious study. Maybe that'll whet your appetite a little bit. But I would like for you to uh, let me know if you're listening, what station you're listening to, and then help me with a broadcast if you can. And we hardly ever ask you for money. But if you could, just help us a little bit with the broadcast and then pray for us and ask the Lord to supply the needs. You can do that. And remember, my mailing address, the old Trailblazer, Post Office Box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. And my website, radiomissions.org. Go there and you can look up much material about the old Trailblazer. Goodbye and God bless you.